We begin today the Gemara, Daf Kofid Beis, Amud Beis, four lines from the bottom of the Yamud, where it says, Omar Avina. The Gemara here was discussing the halachas of uh, Bezdin paskening a din, when, when the Baal din is not present there, and then the Gemara got into the discussion regarding coming and collecting alone when the person is out of town. So what is, what's the process of how long Bezdin waits to collect this loan? They have to notify him about this. So here the Gemara discusses Bechlal, Benigay to Bezdin, sending a, sh- a shliach to summon someone to a dintayda. Om Ravine, Ravine said, this messenger, the shliach, that the Bezdin sends, and he co- goes to, to, to summon someone to a dintayda, and he comes back to the Bezdin to notify the Bezdin about this, that I, I, I gave him the summons, and the person doesn't show up. We trust the shliach like two people, like Edim, that he did his job and he gave the person the summons and if he doesn't show up, then we can take the next step. We only trust him if, as a result, what we're going to do is we're going to place him into some kind of excommunication. But if, as a result of what the shliach is reporting, that this person is not showing up, and then we want to write a psicha. Psicha is actually a shtar, a certain document that Bezdin writes, which is also a certain level of excommunication, but it's, put, it's, being put, it's being documented. This is something which we're not going to do just based on the words of the shliach of the Bezdin, because kivin the memoine You're causing this person that you're excommunicating to have a loss of money. Why? Because the kabayle lemes of lezuza lesafra. Because who's going to have to pay for the scribe of the Bezdin, to write this document that's excommunicating him. That individual himself has to pay the expenses for this. So if you're going to make him pay for it, you can't rely just on the report of the Shlich Bezdin himself for this. So look, you don't rely on him. You have to have Adim that testify, that tell us that this person got the summons and he's still not showing up. Omer Avinah, Avinah said another halacha when it comes to this, to summoning summons, to get, to, to get someone to come to the Bezdin. Yavinan Zimne. You can deliver a summons to come to a dintayde even through a woman that's going to that place where the person is or even by uh, neighbors, that are friends, neighbors that are going there to that place to invite this person. Says the Gemara though, there are different conditions to this. When we rely on a woman or on a neighbor, not a proper shliach bezin, just a woman or a neighbor, we rely on them to go and, uh, and bring this person to the bezin. If this person that they're going to let know that he has to come to Bezdin, that person is not in the city here. But if he's here in the city where the Bezdin is, so then we don't rely on a woman or a neighbor to go and invite him to the Bezdin. Because then we could say that... Um, this uh, woman or this neighbor is not going to let this person know about this. Because they think that since the person is here in the city, the Bezdin will already figure this out. The Bezdin will already send their shliach to this person that's right here to let him know. So they, they just, they don't, they, they won't do this. And the shliach Bezdin will, will not let this person know to come to the Bezdin. Furthermore, even if this person that the woman or neighbor was sent to bring to the Bezdin, but uh, if, if that person is taka out of the city, but when he comes back home, he doesn't walk through the Bezdin. He doesn't pass through where Bezdin is. So then the woman or this neighbor will take seriously this that they have to invite this person to the Bezdin. 
But if this person on his way home, he passes through the door, the place where the Bezdin is, light. So then we can't rely on this woman. Because Amri, they will say to themselves, The Bezdin themselves will find this person which passes through on his way home, passes through the Bezdin, and the Bezdin himself will take care of it. Furthermore, that we're here, we're talking about a case, Ella the Asibiyem. That is, if uh, this is a case where this person he's coming back, he's out of the city, but he's coming back on this day. So therefore, if you send a woman or a neighbor, they're going to make sure to let him know that he's, he has to come to Bezdin. If he's out of the city and he's not coming back on that day, he's coming back a week later, whenever it is, then that we can't rely on this woman or the neighbor to invite him to the Bezdin, because they're going to push it off. They say, oh, he's not going back home now anyway. So they're going to forget about it, and they're not going to invite him to come to the Bezdin. Omar said something else. What we mentioned before, that you write a document which places a person into some level of excommunication for the fact that he didn't come to the Bezdin, until he actually shows up in the Bezdin, we don't tear this document that placed him in this excommunication. If a person was placed into an excommunication because he didn't follow the orders of the Bezdin, so then, so that, uh, that uh, also we don't tear this, we don't remove it until he actually follows and listens to what Bezdin says. But on this last point, the Gemara says, we don't wait, we don't have to wait until he actually listens. Even the Omar, Saisana Karinale. As soon as a person lets us know that he's ready to follow, then we will tear it up. We will we'll remove this Khairim uh, on him. Would the Shainim say that that's only if it happens the first time? If, the, if after this happens again and he says he's going to listen and he doesn't, then we have to wait until he actually listens. Omar Avchista said, going back to what the Gemara mentioned before on Dav Kofiud Beis, that you give a person time to come to the Bezdin, he's invited for, to come Monday and then the next Thursday, and then the next Monday. We give him three chances to come to the Bezdin. So we set a time for him to come to the Bezdin, Monday, Thursday, and Monday. And how do you set the time for him? Zimna, Vizimna, Basa Zimna. You don't set all three times right in the beginning and tell him, you can come Monday, Thursday, or the next Monday. You set him a time to come Monday. And then you have to go and invite him again and set another time for him if he doesn't show up on Thursday. And if he doesn't show up Thursday, you have to invite him again and set a time for him on the following Monday. And then after the second Monday, if he doesn't show up, that means you wait until the end of the day. Give him a chance to come all day. And then the next day on Tuesday, then we could write this pischa, which is this psicha uh, that's called, this, this excommunication that he didn't show up. Ravasi was visiting, but with Rav Kahana. He saw there was a certain woman that he invited her to come to the Bezdin in the evening. That's when her court date in Bezdin was. She didn't show up. The next morning, so he wrote on her this excommunication for not showing up. So he didn't give her any time. Like we just said, he gave three chances, Monday, Thursday, Monday, right away the next morning. Do you not agree to this that Avchista said? We establish and we give three times for a person to show up before we write this psicha. That is answered. The honest. This is only by a man, which could be busy, things out of his control that he can't show up. 
is not here in the city. But regarding a woman that's not working and she's not busy, she's right here in the city, and she didn't show up to the Bezin the first time she was summoned to come. She's rebellious against the Bezin, so right away the next morning, he wrote a psicha against her. Amar Avyudeh said, regarding summoning one to the Bezdin. There's, there's, you can't set a date for a din taita that someone has to come to the Bezdin on, on any day. So he says like this, You can't set a date to, for someone to come to the Bezdin, not during the month of Nisan, not during the month of Tishrei. And the reason for this is because in Nisan time and Tishrei time, it's Nisan is the time of uh, when it's the harvest season, and Tishrei time is also a person is busy with gathering in all the produce from the field. So a person is busy with this work, so he can't show up to the Bezin. Not on Erev Yomtev, not on Erev Shabbos either. So some uh, of the Paiskim say that in today's time, when people are not busy working in the field, so the point here about Nisan and Tishrei doesn't apply. Because people are not busy with this kind of things. Now, If you set a date, you tell a person during the month of Nisan that you're setting a date for him to come to the Bezdin after Nisan. Or during the Tishrei month, you're telling him to come to the Bezdin after Tishrei. Kavina. That's, you could set it that way. And the person will remember this and will show up, or will have to show up after Nisan or Tishrei. However, to let a person know on Friday, out of Shabbos, that he has to show up to the Bezin after Shabbos on Monday, or uh, it's on a Monday, because that's when the Bezin in those times was... Uh, so then, that you can't let a person know on Friday that he has to show up to the Bezin, because he's so busy on Friday that he's going to forget what he was told on Friday, and he's not going to show up. As Gemara says, my time why the taught it with the preparations of Shabbos. He's very preoccupied and he won't remember that he was invited to come to the Bezin. Amar Av Nachman says, zimne. We cannot set a date for people that, that have to show up to the Bezin. Not for the people that come into the city and they're here for what they came for Shabbos for the special drasha that there is to learn Torah. Kala refers to the Taita. They, they came specially to learn Taita in this time. So they're coming for this purpose. So the Shliach Bezdin wants to chaparain. Oh, you have the person available here. So let him know that he's summoned to the Bezdin. No, but it's not the time that you can go and approach them and invite them to come to the Bezdin. And also, and also people that come 30, 30 days before the Yomtev, when they came, especially to hear the Drasha, the Halachas of the Yomtev, that's not a time that you approach them to set a date for a Din Taita. The Gemara brings a story about this. When the people would come to Rav Nachman for Drasha to learn, and so, so that is, the Shlich of the Bezin would want to come and invite those people that came to, to summon them to Adin So Rav Nachman said, He said to them, Did they gather here for your purpose? That the Bezin should summon them to Adin They came over here to learn Taita. So when they come over here to learn Taita, don't summon them to Adin because if that's the if you're going to do that, they're not going to want to come learn here again. They're going to be afraid that you're going to summon them to the bezin. However, now that there are those people that are thieves or people that uh, are trying to uh, charlatans, charlatans, the people that are trying to avoid the bezin, so then we have to be concerned about this. Meaning, you have to see is the person really coming to learn. And sincerely, and therefore, then you cannot summon them to the Bezdin. But if it's people that are just coming to the shul, so to avoid the Shleich Bezdin, so then the Shleich Bezdin could go and summon them. Going back to what it said in the Mishnah, 
This is speaking about the case where a person stole and then he gave it to his children and he passed away. Now his children have this uh, object that was stolen in their possession. So the Mishnah said, if what they have is a Dovash So here the Gemara follows the Pshat that we had before in the beginning of this Patek, that it's referring to the object itself that was stolen. If that object itself that was stolen is similar to a piece of land that doesn't go anywhere, and everybody knows who it originally belonged to. So too, if you have any object that everybody recognizes this, that it belonged to the Nigzal, so in such a case, the children, even though you, they don't have a Chiyav to return it to the owner, because this Yiyosh and this Shinirishos, but nevertheless, for the covet of their father that passed away, they should return it to the owner. Otherwise, people are going to say, look who the father was, he was a Gazlan. Masno Rebbe le Rav Shimon so Rebbe taught Rav Shimon his son, it doesn't literally mean a piece of land. You have a cow and you're plowing it there. A donkey and you're leading it. So this is something that people notice. Who the original owner is. You have to return it to the owner. Because of the COVID, the honor of the father of these children here, the people shouldn't say that he was a gazlan. So Rav Kana asked Rav about this. How about mito? A bed. And you... You recline on it in your house, or shulchan vayichalolov, a table that the father stole, and now the children have it, and they eat on it on the table. Mahu, what's the halacha here? Is this something that you also have to return or not? So now she explains the basis of the Gemara Shaila here is when it comes to a cow or a donkey, which is outdoors and everybody sees. So maybe only then you have to return. That was the example that Rebbe gave to his son Rabbi Shimon. Maybe a table or a bed which is inside the person's house, only people that come into the house will see this. Even though it's something that's it's recognizable who it originally belonged to, but only if you come into his house. So maybe that you don't have to return. So I've answered. Give a wise man one example, and he'll, he'll be wise himself and, and apply the same to other examples. So what I was saying, that Rebbe gave the example of a cow or a donkey, but you have to apply that to any other object where it's noticeable that it belonged to the original owner, you have to return that. Huh? Yeah, it's a Pasik. This is a Pasik in Mishle, but the Gemara is applying it over here in this case. You give one example, and a wise person uses this and understands the same applies in other cases. You cannot get change. The person has money and he wants to get change from a, uh, from a place where there's money there. So you can't get change. Not from the box where the Meichsen, the tax collectors, have their money there, and v'loy mikisshal gaboyim, or the wallet of gaboyim, which is other kind of tax collectors. Meichsen are uh, tax collectors that uh, collect the um, kind of taxes they collect. The more the more general ta- ta- taxes. Uh, uh, well, over here the Rashi says that Meichsen are the ones that collect head tax and property tax. Gaboyin are, are the ones that take taxes, uh, like you said, for customs, for people that are, have uh, merchandise and business and things like that. Either way, from any of these kinds of tax collectors, you're not allowed to get change from the money that they have. The point of it here is the money that they have, as the Gemara will explain, we're talking over here about tax collectors that are not honest. And they collect taxes from people that they aren't supposed to. They're gonna, it's gazela. This is money which is gazela. So if it's money that's gazela, you may not use it for your benefit, even if you just need change from it. You want to change a dollar for four quarters or whatever it is, you're not allowed to use to get change from this money because it's stolen money. So don't use it in any way for your benefit. 
And they ain't stocket. You can't take from it also any tzedakah to, to give people tzedakah from this because it's stolen money. There could be stolen money in it. But from this tax collector, if it's not from that uh, kiss or, the, or from the table where he keeps this money that he collected for the tax, just from his house or from money that he has in the marketplace and you want to exchange money with him or get money from him, that's allowed. That we don't suspect to be stolen money. Tone says the Gemara, we learned in Abraisa regarding this. But if, a, if it's a case where you're not coming to get a certain benefit from this money, you're not trying to exchange money or get change for your money, but you just want to pay the taxes and you have to pay a half a dinner. But you only have a, a full dinner. So you're allowed to give the dinner and get the change then uh, for this that you gave. You're not doing it here for your benefit. You just you have to pay the taxes and you get the change. That you're allowed. So like the Gemara Vaita, now here the Gemara will get into a whole discussion regarding these tax collectors. What does this mean that the tax collectors are stealing money? Isn't, isn't this taxes? They're collecting the taxes. So why, why is this any gzela involved over here? So frek the Gemara, umaychzit, tax collectors. So we say that you're not allowed to take any money from them and so on or use it. But v'ha'ama Shmuel, didn't Shmuel say, dina demachuse dina. The laws of the government and a country, alpiteira, you have to follow these laws. So if, it's, if, if these are the taxes, and then you're obligated to follow these laws, what kind of exile is there involved in this? Here, this is the sugya, this is the source of this whole concept. Dina de Machus Dina, the Gemara will discuss this here, and later on at length. And the Rishayim will discuss this concept of Dina de Machus Dina, that this refers to um, any country a person is in, not only in Yisrael, anywhere in the world, not only a Jewish king, any government, any Gaisha government that you're living in, you have to follow the laws of the country. And some Rishayim say the reason is because in order for there to be uh, civil civility and to be able to live, you have to have roads and all the other services that a country needs. So you have to have a government and you have to have taxes. So therefore, you have to follow. I'll be tighter, and if not, people can't live in, in, in this world. That's uh, one of the reasons that the Rishayim say. There's other reasons as well, but I'll call this is Dina de Machus Dina. Not based, not based on a, a Pasuk. No, it's not based on a Pasuk, but I think there are even some Rishayim that say that Dina de Machus Dina is Menatayra, not just Medrabana. Remember now the source for this, I don't know if there's, I don't think there's a Pasuk for it, but some say that this is a halacha that has a Taikith Menatayra, Dina de Machus Dina. So that's Gemara's question here. What does it mean that the Meichsen are Gazlana? We're talking over here about a tax collector that has no limits. He doesn't have a certain uh, percent or tax bracket that he comes and collects. He takes extra, more, whatever he desires. So this is someone that just takes even something that doesn't, the, the, the tax, the government doesn't deserve to, to take at all. So there's gazela involved in this. The said even further, what we're talking about over here is We're talking about a tax collector, a self-appointed tax collector that's going around and collecting taxes from people, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have this kayach of dina de So even if it's a case where the king is turning a blind eye, the government is turning a blind eye, and they allow him to collect taxes and so on, but nevertheless, it's gzela. There are those that, that taught both of these answers that we just said now, regarding the following mission here. Mishnah says, "La yilba shadim kliyim." Person may not wear any garment which is kliyim, shatnis. Afil al gabi asada begodim. Even if you're wearing ten layers of garments, you may not wear the, the this garment that has a shatnis in it. La vriach bayis ameches. And even if you're wearing these ten layers of garments, why are you wearing ten layers of garments? Because you want to avoid paying taxes. If you're 
importing merchandise, so you're gonna have to pay taxes for this. But if you put on the ten layers of these garments, then you, what you're wearing, you don't pay taxes for. So even if you're wearing the garments for that purpose, you're not allowed. And so the modern says on this that this is actually machlokes masnisin the loike Rabbi Kiva. What it says here in the Mishnah is not according to Rabbi Kiva's opinion because the Tanya and Abraham so we learned also laavriach esameches. You're not allowed to uh, to wear these garments in order to avoid paying the ta- taxes. Rabbi Shimon Oime Mishum Rabbi Kiva, but Rabbi Shimon says in the name of Rabbi Kiva mutal laavriach esameches that if you're wearing the shatnas for the purpose of avoiding paying the taxes, then it's allowed. So the Gemara explains what the argument over here is regarding wearing shatnas, and you're wearing it not because you, you're, you, you need the benefit of the garment that you're wearing. You're just wearing it to the, avoid the taxes. So what, what is the machlaikis here? Says the Gemara, So it's understood regarding the iser of wearing this garment, klayim, shatnas, So this is what the argument is. The Mar Rabbi Kiva says, Dova she'ein mutter. Since you're wearing these garments and you don't have any intention to have any benefit of it, you're not, you're not getting warmer by it, you're not interested in that, you just want to avoid paying the taxes, so therefore it's allowed. Omar Sovar, however, Tanakami here holds that even if you're not having any intention to have any annoy of this, but nevertheless, the fact is that you're wearing it on yourself, so it's also as well. That's what the argument is about. Obviously, this is talking about a situation where wearing this extra layer of a garment is not psik resha, meaning it's not going to automatically give you any anah. So therefore, the fact that the person does not have kavone, he's not interested in having anah, he just simply wants to avoid the taxes. So according to Rabbi Kiva, that's allowed. So that's understood. But This is what it says here in this Mishnah, that the person is doing so in order to avoid paying the, paying the taxes. Mishari, is that allowed? The laws of the government is a din that you have to follow. And on this, we give both answers we mentioned before. So one answer in the name of Shmuel was, The tax collector ta- collects whatever he wishes beyond any limits, and therefore this is exile. This is a tax collector, a self-appointed tax collector. Yomara brings a third case where this is brought up. There are those that brought both of these answers regarding this Mishnah and Mesech Nedarim. The Mishnah Nedarim says like this, Noidrin, a person makes a nether. And here this person is making a nether for the purpose of sort of showing that what he's saying is true. He wants to prove that what he's saying is true. So he makes a nether, Laharogin or Laharomin, to people that are murderers or people that come and they steal your property or people that are tax collectors and they want to come and steal your produce and your property. So you're making a net there to promise them, to guarantee them that they shouldn't touch it. Why? Because this is truma, it belongs to the kind, it's not even yours. Or that you're, you're saying that it belongs to the king and therefore you're, you're avoiding them of, of taking this. Even though this is not true, it's not true, and it does not belong to the king. So this is allowed. This is the kind of nether. The nether won't even take effect. This is the Gemara there says, this is what's called nidre einsin. When you take a nether because of something that was out of your control, so therefore this doesn't take effect at all. But the question of this is, when it mentions here that you're allowed that this kind of nether, you can do this because of a tax collector, why? And in this we gave both answers that we said before, or the Omri the tax collector that uh, is doing this on his own. Now here the Gemara brings a third answer. Ravashi Ravashi says We're talking over here about a tax collector which is a guy. 
And the simple pshat of the Gemara, this means that if the tax collector is a guy, so even if he is collecting the taxes honestly, and he's not adding, he's not changing, he's not, but nevertheless, if it's a guy, you're allowed to avoid and lie to the guy and not pay him the taxes. That's a simple pshat of the Gemara, and that's what it seems like from Rashi. There is, um, in the Gemara, in the other Gemara, it's printed, Kenani, uh, okay, the Gemara later, we'll see over here, Kenani, it doesn't mean only a Kenani, it means any guy. Mm-hmm. That's a simple pshat of the Gemara. But uh, in, in, uh, other Rishonim clearly say that when it says here, Avashi says, B'moiches Kanani, he doesn't mean Dafka Goy. He means a Goy that collects the taxes not honestly. That's what it really means. And it's not Dafka Goy. It could be a, a, a Yid, a tax collector as well, uh, when, it's, when he's not collecting these taxes honestly. Because if it's a Goy that's collecting honestly, you're not allowed to steal from him as well. There's no difference. And Dal Tarev and Shulchanarach, Paskans like these Rishayim that say that it's Tafka a Moiches Kenani that's not collecting the taxes honestly. Now the Tanya, we learned in the Braise, some here are greatest actually that it's not the Tanya, it's not Mamisha Hemshech to what we just said, it's a new subject. Yisrael the Kenani Anos. If you have a Yid or a Kenani and Anos. A Kenani Anos simply means a guy that's someone that we know he'll steal from you. Or a Kenani Anos, someone that's, that's very, very, uh, um, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's someone that you can't rely on. A Ganev, a guy a Ganev. That's a simple shot of the Gemara. So oh, here as well, okay, let's first see what it says in the Gemara. Shabal Adin. So this Yid and this guy are together in Adin Tayr and they come to a Yiddish Bezdin. In such a case, if you could see to it that the Yid should be the one that wins the Dintayre, according to the halachas of the Yidin, so the Yid should be the one that should come out uh, meritorious, and you tell the guy, this is, uh, this is the halacha, this, this is what we're passing according to the halacha. And that's, the point of it here is, even if the halacha wasn't so, but nevertheless, you should, you should make the Yid should win and the guy should lose. And you tell the guy, this is what the halacha is. Or or if the only way you can convince the guy and tell him that the Yid is right and you're wrong, if you could only tell him by saying that this is the law, even in the, in the legal court system, you should make the Yid win and tell the guy that this is, this is even your law, and the, this is the, the legal law as well. And if it's impossible to have the Yid win and the guy lose by any of these ways, you should do it in some kind of roundabout way to make the guy lose the Dintayda. This is what Rabbi Shmuel says. So again, here regarding the, what it says in the Gemara, Kanani Anos, there's a discussion in this, in the Rishayim and the Paiskim. What are we talking about over here? Some say that when it says here in the Gemara, Anos, you can take out the word Anos, the, the censors, they added it later on in the Gemara, and this is regarding any Yid and any guy that's in a Dintayda. You should make the Yid win and the guy lose. But others say no, it's talking Dafka about a Kanani, which is an Anos, meaning someone that you know that this guy is going to steal from the Yid anyways, or this guy that's very, very aggressive, that's another pshat of Anos. He's very aggressive and therefore the Yid is afraid of him and this is not a feared in title altogether. That's the case when it's saying over here that you should make the Yid win and the guy lose. And I believe that that's how the Alter Rebbe Paschal and Shulchan Aruch. The Alter Rebbe brings these halachas in Hilchas Gzeile and Chayshim Mishpat. Hmm. Rabbi Kiva says, Ein bon olive ba kifin. This is not uh, something that you can do to try some kind of roundabout way to make the Yid win and the guy lose. If Nekidosh Hashem because you have to sanctify Hashem's name. If this happens and the guy realizes what happened there, it'll be a chil Hashem. So 
the Gemara asks in this with Rabbi Kiva. Now, according to Rabbi Kiva, time the Kiddush Hashem. The only reason Rabbi Kiva is saying that this is not allowed is because of the purpose of Kiddush Hashem. All like a Kiddush Hashem, but if not for the purpose of Kiddush Hashem, Boin, so then Boin. Huh? Boin, yeah, Boin, are you, are you allowed to do this in a roundabout way and uh, make the guy lose? But the gazelle, Kenani, Mishari, according to Rabbi Kiva, are you allowed to steal from a guy? And according to some Rishonim, the Gemara is asking you the question, even if this is a guy that's a guy anos, like it said before, a guy that you know that's very aggressive and where he's a goslin, but still, are you, are you allowed to steal from this guy? But it says in the Brahim, so Amr Abshimah said, This is a point that Rabbi Kiva spoke about. And Rabbi Kiva darshan and said, when Rabbi Kiva came from Zephirin, he said, From where do we know that the steal from a Kanani is not allowed? Hamad the Pasik says, When a Yid is sold as an Evet to a guy, after he's sold to a guy, you have to redeem, you have to pay to redeem the seed from the guy. What does that mean? Don't just grab the Yid and take him out from this guy without paying for him. You have to pay. You can't uh, steal from a guy. Raisa further says, You would think that this guy can come and charge you double. That's how Rashi teaches here. Yigla means maybe the, the guy could take, you should allow the guy to take advantage of you and charge you double to redeem this yid. The Pasuk there says, You have to make a calculation with the guy that bought this yid. You have to make the, you have to see the price that he paid and that's how you redeem him. So the point is, you see a way that Rabbi Kiva holds that there's no, the gzela from a guy is always usher. So why does Rabbi Kiva say the only reason that it's usher is because of a Kiddush Hashem in a case where there's the issue of Kiddush Hashem. Um, Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef answers, like Kashya. It's not a contradiction, it depends. When it comes to a Kanani, so then over there, you're really allowed to steal from this guy. But LMI, if it's an issue where it could come out the opposite of a Kiddush Hashem, so then you shouldn't. Here, we're talking about a Ger so over here, it's not allowed to steal from the guy. But in the Pasuk, it says both together. It says in this Pasuk, we just quoted over here, it says the Ger and it even talks about a Kanani as well. As the Gemara here brings from another Braise, it says there, when the Yid gets sold as an Eved, so the Braise there says, this is the Braise that discusses why, why does this happen that a Yid gets sold as an Eved, Bryce that begins with the fact that the Yid did not keep Shemitah and therefore he ends up getting sold. And it says, Not only he doesn't get sold to another Yid, he gets sold to a Ger. And what, what are we talking about here when it says that a Yid gets sold as an Evet and not as a, to a Ger? So, we're not talking about a Ger Tzedek, that's a Yid. He gets sold to a Ger Tzedek, a guy. Now this Ger Teshav, did I clarify it before? What's the Ger Teshav? A Ger Teshav is a person, a guy, that does not serve a Vedizara, he fulfills Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noyach, but he's still a guy. So here, the, the Braise explains that he's being sold to a Ger Teshav, and then it says, Mishpach Ger, that this is a Yid that even got sold as an Eva to a guy. And then, This is a person, a year that gets sold to the to do jobs for, for Avedizara itself. That's where the Yid is getting sold to. So the point is, the Gemara is asking, you see over here, in this Pasuk itself, it talks about a Yid that's getting sold to a Gertayshav, or a Yid that's getting sold even to a Goy Mamish. And still the Pasuk is saying, 
You're not allowed to steal from even from a guy uh, that that doesn't keep uh, that's still serving the Vedasar and so on. So Elam so therefore Rave answers again the student regarding Rabbi Kiva's opinion whether you're allowed to steal from a guy or not, loikashit. It's not a question. When it comes to outright stealing from a guy, so that's allowed unless it's an issue of Kiddush Hashem. The of course of Over here though, when it comes to something which is not Gezel Mamish, but when it comes to something that you owe him money for work that he did or anything that you owe him, and over here you're 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 stealing this that you owed him money, so in such a case you're allowed to steal from a guy. If there's no Chil uh, Again, so when it comes to Gzela, it's always going to be Aser, not only because of the issue of Kiddush Hashem, it's completely Aser, as you learned from the Pasuk, but of course, Salva Aser, that's what Abba Kiva was talking about before in the Dintayde, where you don't want to pay him for some money that you owe, over there, you're allowed to steal from him, unless it's an issue of Kiddush Hashem. So the Gemara now explains uh, that, uh, oh, one second, the Gemara has a, a question on this. Omale Abaye, Abaye asks on this answer, but Eved Ivri, what was the source that Abba brought that you can't steal from a guy? A yid that sold to a guy as an evet. And now you want to buy this, this yid back. Isn't that a situation of afkar salvasai? Because this master paid a certain amount for this yid, so therefore he's obligated to work for him. But now you want to redeem him, you want to take him out. So that's basically the yid, this evet owes, he has to serve his master. And not, so, so if you're not paying properly for this, you're just sort of not paying what you owe. You're not really stealing directly. So the Gemara says, no, Rav Rav follows his reasoning that he said somewhere else. The Omar Rav Eved Ivri Gufekani. The very body of the Eved is owned by the master. So if you're taking the Eved without paying, you're directly stealing. And therefore that's a source for the fact that you're not allowed to steal directly from a guy. But if it's something that you owe, that is something that you're allowed to take from the guy, unless there's an issue of Kiddush Hashem. To steal from a Kanani is not allowed. But Muteres. However, a lost item that you see that you know that it belongs to a guy, that you're allowed to keep. And over here as well, there's a discussion in the Shainim whether this refers to any guy or only a certain guy, only guy that are Ivdiavidizare in those times. It's another thing that some Rishainim say, the whole thing that the Gemara discusses here. In the Gaya to the Goyim, it only refers to Goyim at those times that uh, were not civilized at all, they were serving of a desire. But Goyim today that are civilized, it doesn't refer to. That's what some Rishanim say. From where do we know that stealing from a guy is not allowed? Shanema, so he brought a different Pasik, a different source than Rabbi Kiva. The Pasik says, That you will eat. From what belongs to all the nations that Hashem gives into your possession. What does this mean? When you're conquering their territory in a war, so then you can eat and you can take from them. But if it's not in a war and you're not uh, capturing their territory, so then you can't just take uh, from a guy. So some Farshim say that Rav Hun over here is arguing with the source from what Rav Akiva said before. He's bringing a different source because Rav Akiva, with Gemara before, made a distinction. You're not allowed to steal outright from a guy, but if it's afkar salvaasai, not to pay something that you owe, that's allowed. But here he's bringing a source, you're not allowed to eat from a guy either way. But the only thing that's allowed is if, if the aveda of a guy. If you find a lost item of a guy, that's allowed. Avedasai meteres, the aveda of a guy, a lost item that you're allowed to keep. And aveda from a guy, from where do we know that you're allowed to keep this? Shanama, the Pasik says, 
that the Aveda, the lost item of your brother, so you have to return. For your brother you return, but not to a guy. The Gemara asks on this, well, how do you know to dash from here this? Because maybe I would say, <coughs> Sorry, maybe this is an Aveda that you didn't yet pick up. It didn't come into your hands yet. What it's saying is, you don't have to help and go and search and find this Aveda if it's an Aveda that doesn't belong to your brother. But if you have found this item, it's in your hands now, maybe here you do have an obligation to return it to a guy. So Ravina answers, The passage there it says, he found it, he already has it in his hands. And nevertheless, when it's an Aveda of a guy, you don't have to return it to a guy. In a place where there could be a chil Hashem, a fila vidosa yaser. The aved of a guy is also forbidden to keep. A mistake that a guy makes in a business dealing and he gives you too much change for money or whatever it may be, such a, a, the mistake of a guy, that's allowed. Kihad Shmuel, like the story that there was, Shmuel himself had an incident. Zavimikuti, lakna de dava. He bought from a guy this uh, jug or this uh, kvart, that a, a golden a, a bowl. Okay, he bought, bought a bowl that was gold, but the guy thought that he's selling him a copper bowl, and bedalit zuzi. So he only paid four zuz for this, even though if, since it was gold, it was much more expensive. But the guy made a mistake. According to Rashi, the pshat is, and not only that, he actually was supposed to pay four zuz, and he only paid three. And the guy didn't realize. Others say that, no, he did the opposite. He added an extra zuz. He paid a fifth zuz because he knew that he's getting over here gold instead of copper. So he paid an extra zuz. But, but really, it was worth much more. Okay, so here, in other words, you see here, there's a machlekes rishayim, this whole concept of toas akam. Is toas akam only in the case where the guy made the mistake? Or toas akam even means in a case where you are doing something and, and making <laughs> not yeah you're not paying him the full price for it and the guy didn't realize that's also allowed. It's here between Rashi and other Another case, Rav Kahana so he bought from a guy 120 barrels, and the guy thought that he's really selling him 100 barrels. And he also he paid him according to Rashi one zuz less or he paid him one zuz more for this. And I'm a light. I've kind of told the guy, You should see, I'm relying on you for the number of barrels there. He didn't want the guy to have any tinnitus later. This was a mistake the guy made, and you're allowed to take it. Ravine bought the wood from a palm tree together with a guy in partnership in order to, to use it as wood, to cut it for wood. He told his servant, Go and bring to me for me from this this wood from the from the root of the tree where the wood is thicker because the kuti minyana yada because the guy only knows the number of uh, woods that we bought so he's going to get the thinner part but he's not going to realize that I got the thicker part because he's just going to be counting the number he's not going to realize what you took so go and take it before uh, again because uh, how do you read this over here the kuti minyana yada that is goes together the guy only knows the the number that's it but he's not going to realize that you took the better part. Another case happened, Ravashi, Ravashi was walking along the way. He saw a branch of, uh, of a, in a vine among, amongst the vineyard. And he saw that there's fresh grapes there to eat. He tells the servant, Zilgo, Chazi, and you should see. If this belongs to a guy, I see. 
then bring for me. If it belongs to Yid, don't bring it to me. So that guy that was sitting here heard, overheard what Ravashi said. The guy heard that he said that if it belongs to a guy, you can bring for me. So this, this guy that was sitting there, he heard this. So the guy says to Ravashi, and the Kuti Sharid, and to take from a guy, you're allowed. So Ravashi answered, no, that wasn't my intention at all. Kuti Shakul Domi. If it's from a guy, I know the guy will accept payment from me, so then you can take from the guy, and you should pay for this. Yisrael is Shakul Domi. But if it belongs to Ayid, the guy, the Ayid is not going to accept payment from me, from Ravashi, and I don't want to take something for free. I want to pay for it. That was his intention, that he said he wants to pay. This wasn't a, a, a stam, an excuse that Ravashi was telling this guy after the guy overheard him. This was really what Ravashi's kavana was in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. as we learned over here, everybody agrees that you can't outright go and steal from a guy. Ravashi for sure didn't intend to tell a servant, go and steal it from the guy. He said, if it belongs to a guy, so the guy will accept payment, so then pay for it and bring for me. The Gemara goes back to the point we said before, Gufe, Oma Shmuel, in the beginning of this whole sugya, so we brought Shmuel, said, Dine, the Machuse, Dine. The laws of the government are laws that you have to follow up, you tate it. Sarave says, Tate, I'll prove this to you. Because the Kotli Dikli, the government, they cut down palm trees that belong to private people, the Gashri Gishri, and they build bridges with this. And we are allowed to use these bridges, even though it came from private people from their, their wood. What does that mean? Because if the government decides that this is what it has to be used for, we have to accept their, their law. Amalia Baye. They went into people's properties. The, 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 the government decided that they need this wood and they built bridges. And yeah. Amalia Baye, Sabai asks on this, but that's not a riot. Because maybe here, maybe here the case is because the owners of these woods, they are giving up. And once they give up, so then they, lo- they lose their ownership over it. And that's why we're allowed to walk on these bridges. Amalei, no, so, so, Rav, so Rav answered and said, the Yish doesn't help. If not for the fact that we have to follow the laws of the government, how does Yish help? One second, that's a new question, sorry. The Gemara says, how would Yish help? What is the Gemara asking? We learned before that Yish alone, you don't acquire anything. You have to have a Yish and a Shini Rishos. That's to be a change of ownership. But over here, it was just used for bridges. So the Yish itself is not going to help. But the Gemara asks another question. But over here, these wood from the palm trees is not being taken correctly and honestly. Because of the Kedama Malka. These workers that are doing this and are building bridges, they're not following the orders of the king. Why? Because Malka, what did the king say? Zilu v'katlu mikal bagi. Get wood from all the different valleys, from different people to build the bridges. And the Inu Asli, and these workers, they're lazy. They don't want to go to different people's properties. And they go, and they cut down the trees from one person in one valley. And, and therefore, you can't say about this. So how are we allowed to walk across these bridges? So the Gemara says, the, the agents here of the king that are doing the job are like the king themselves. They don't have to go out of their way to go and take from different people. And the Inu Afsidanafshayu, these people from this property that they cut off from their from their property, all these trees, it's their own loss that they cause to themselves. Why? Because the Bayuluhu, the Inkut Mikulibagi, Umishkoldami. They should go to the people of the other valleys that the trees were not cut from them and ask. 
to get reimbursed. Look, the truth is, all of you should have participated in the building of this bridge. The fact that all the trees and the wood was taken from my property, all of you should have reimbursed me. So that, that's his right to go and get reimbursed. But meanwhile, even if you don't get reimbursed, people are allowed to walk across these bridges because of the end of the Machus Why is it right? Huh? Yeah, no, because the, really the way that it was designed is that everybody has to participate and provide wood for the bridges, not just one person. When the tax collector, this is going back to the tax collector that comes to collect. So let's say there's a property that's owned in partnership by a few people. And some of the partners already took all of their produce into their home. And now there's one person, one partner that's still left there in the property with his produce. So man de There's one partner that's still here left in the out in the field with his with his produce. And now the tax collector comes to collect. Paramanasadamalke, he pays up for all the rest of the people that already took their, their things into the house. And then later he's gonna have to go and get reimbursed from the other partners. But Mili, when is this that the tax collector could come and collect from this one partner? Also, from all the other partners, that's shutfe. That's if it's a partner. So if, they're, if, so if they're all partners, because he has a partnership in the actual property itself, so he has to pay for everyone else, and then he'll get reimbursed later. Avalarisa, but if it's just a sharecropper, he, doesn't have, he has no ownership in the property itself. He's just a sharecropper that gets a certain percent. And now the tax collector wants to take from his shear from what belongs to the owner and belongs to other people, so he's just getting a certain share here and the tax collector is not allowed to take from him the taxes that are supposed to be collected from the other people as well. Regarding collecting taxes, if a tax collector wants to take a collateral, he wants to collect from you the taxes that really has to be collected from other people of the city, he's allowed to do that and then later you'll have to get reimbursed from the other people of the city. The Hanimili, what kind of taxes are we talking about that one person in the city will have to pay for someone else? The Borla Ara, the taxes that is collected from the, the, the land, the property taxes, or the cargo, or head taxes, the high shata that is from this year, <coughs> that you still owe from this year. If this is a head tax from a previous year, so this is really something that you don't owe anymore. Since the king was already appeased, it's already a new year and you're not supposed to collect this, so therefore the time is up, so you shouldn't collect this. This is talking about animals that are used, these animals, the, the dung of these animals is used as fertilizer. So when you have these animals of the Goyim that are being used for this purpose, and they're in the Tchum, meaning they're within the, close inside the city or close to the city. Asr, Likach, man. From these animals, you're not allowed to buy these animals from these Gayim. My timer, what is the reason? Because these Gayim, they also steal other people's animals that could belong to Yidin. If you want to buy an animal from these Gayim, you may be buying from a guy that's a Gazlan that stole an animal from a Yid. But if it's Chutz if these are animals that the Gayim have that are far away from the city, then Motalikach, man. You're allowed to buy from them because then we're not concerned that the Gayim maybe has also amongst his animals from the animals of Yidin. However, Ravina added to that, if we see that the owner of an animal is running after these Goyim that have animals that are far away from the city, even if it's far away from the city, you're not allowed to buy from these Goyim because they have amongst their animals also the animals that belong to Yidin.